0: Hey, Journey. Really good to see you today. Listen, I have absolutely loved this series. It has been an unbelievable series. I've been challenged. I've been inspired. And we pray that you have been that way as well. I want you to look at that word for me for just a moment, fearless. Man, I really want that to identify me. I want that when people think about me i want them to see that word fearless but i know in time and many times in my life I, i'm not that way but thankful for this series because i i know that if i apply some of the things that i've learned through this series that there will be moments in my life that i will fear less and so i pray that you are feeling that way as well what have we learned through this incredible book or incredible series that pastor christian has led us through for the past 4 weeks we've learned through the book of Daniel, how to identify our fears and place our security in God alone. We've learned that every Christian wants to have spiritual influence and have impact in other people's lives. But oftentimes, we don't know how. We've, we've learned that one of the last areas uh, in a Christian's life that they give God their trust is in the area of money. And so we've learned to have faith over fear in our finances. Last week, we learned that Jesus never leaves us. And that should encourage us, that should empower us, that should motivate us to respond in faith first rather than fear. And today we're going to look at one more time in the life of a man named Daniel and a very intriguing relationship he has with the king Nebuchadnezzar. So if you've missed any part of the series, let me catch you up. We're going to be in Daniel chapter 4, verse 27 through 37. And this is a great time to pull out those message notes in your bulletin or maybe fire up the JCI, JCI app. All of the notes are in the app as well. Historically, where are we at? Well, Judah had been besieged and conquered by Babylon in 605 BC under king Nebuchadnezzar. Daniel, along with his friends and, and thousands of other Jews, were taken captive and forced to be in, in the service of Babylon. Daniel was an, an incredibly gifted individual. God had, had his hand of blessing on Daniel, and Daniel was able to interpret and reveal dreams. And Daniel gained the favor of the king while remaining faithful to his God. Daniel, Daniel had God's hand on his life. And Daniel and King Nebuchadnezzar had an absolutely profound relationship. The king had, had experienced visions and dreams, and he didn't know what they all meant, so he relied on Daniel to help him understand what they all meant. And in Daniel chapter 2, we read about one of those, one of those visions. The first dream had taught King Nebuchadnezzar that God was aware of him. The second dream that we're going to talk about tonight is actually going to teach Nebuchadnezzar that he needed to be aware of God. And Daniel really challenges the king that if he doesn't humble himself, if he doesn't humble himself, he would lose his throne and he would lose all of his authority. And so this is where we're going to pick up the story in Daniel chapter 4, verse 27. Let's read it together. It says this, Therefore, your majesty, be pleased to accept my advice. This is Daniel Warning King Nebuchadnezzar. Now listen, renounce your sins by doing what is right and your wickedness by being kind to the oppressed. It may be that your prosperity will continue. All of this happened to King Nebuchadnezzar. Twelve months later, as the king was walking on the roof of the royal palace of Babylon, he said, Is not the great Babylon I have built as the royal residence by my mighty power and for the glory of my majesty? And even as the words were on his lips, a voice came from heaven. This is what is decreed for you, King Nebuchadnezzar. Your royal authority has been taken from you. You will be driven away from the people, and you will live with the wild animals. You will eat grass like an ox. Seven times will pass by for you until you acknowledge that the Most High is sovereign over all kingdoms on earth and gives them to anyone he wishes. And verse 33, immediately what had been said about Nebuchadnezzar was fulfilled, and he was driven away from, peop- um, from his people and ate grass like, his, like an ox. His body was drenched with dew of heaven until his hair grew like the feathers of an eagle and his nails like the claws of a bird. It's interesting to see what happened to King Nebuchadnezzar. Because all of the authority that was on him had been removed, by, removed from him because he was prideful and because he was arrogant. And, and, and so we're going to look at how, how this riches to rags kind of moment really inspires the king to really turn towards God. Now let's establish a foundation before we continue on in our, in our message tonight. And, and this is the foundation that I want us to try to grab hold of early. At some point... Every Christian has an opportunity to introduce people to God, but it takes faith over fear to do it. At some point, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ in this room tonight, you will have an opportunity to introduce someone to God, but it will take faith over fear to do that. Now, if you're not a Christian in this room today, we are so thankful that you're here. And we're, we, we hope that you've had an incredible encounter with the people coming into, the, into JCI tonight. We know this, that when you encounter other Christians, it deeply shapes the way you feel about Jesus. So we pray you've had a great experience. And God's been really speaking to my heart in this specific area. As a church plant resident, one of my most important responsibilities is to, to absorb and, and to embrace the culture of JCI. Most importantly, the mission of JCI, to see people who are far from God become passionate Christians who make a difference in this world. And God's been saying to me, I believe, He's saying, listen, if you want to see influence in the lives of others around you, if you want to see influence and impact in the lives of people within your neighborhood and with the people you run circles with, then I need to change your heart first. And He's been doing just that. God has been shaping the way I see all of my relationships over the last year. And I've been thinking about this question for the past week, and I want to share it with you because I think it can deeply impact the way you see relationships as well. What if, just what if we woke up every morning believing that today we can have an opportunity to introduce someone to God? What if we woke up every morning believing that we might today have an opportunity to introduce someone to God. I think it would have profound impact in the lives of others. And so as we've looked at the person of Daniel over the last few weeks, I believe that we can see that he responded to relationships much much differently. And I think we can pull out three daily declarations that have been inspired by Daniel to help us introduce people to God. What's the first daily declaration? It's this, what if we woke up every morning believing the key to helping broken people in a broken world is pointing them to God? What if we woke up every morning believing that, that the key to helping broken people in a broken world is pointing them to God? King Nebuchadnezzar was a broken individual. He was, he was arrogant. He, he craved and thrived uh, from people worshiping him and people appreciating him. He was cruel, he sieged cities, he killed people, he enslaved people. He was insecure. He suffered with dreams and visions that he, he didn't have the, the answers to. But Daniel understood this. Daniel knew that the king was broken and he used every opportunity to point him to the one who could make him whole. Look at Daniel chapter 2, verse 27 and 28 with me real quick. This is right after King Nebuchadnezzar's first dream. And Daniel was right there. Listen to how Daniel talks to the king. He says this. Daniel replied, No wise man, enchanter, magician, or diviner can explain to the king the mystery he is asked about. But there is a God in heaven who reveals mysteries. Daniel took this opportunity to point King Nebuchadnezzar to the one that can make him whole. Look at how he does it in Daniel chapter 4 verse 24. This is King Nebuchadnezzar's second dream, and Daniel was right there. He said this, this is the interpretation, your majesty, and this is the decree that the Most High has issued against my lord and my king. Once again, Daniel used an opportunity to point King Nebuchadnezzar to the one who could make him whole. And I love this about Daniel. I love this. Daniel pointed out the sin, uh, point, never pointed out the sin and the brokenness of the king before he pointed him to the Savior. Did you capture that? Yes. He never pointed out the sin and the brokenness before he pointed him to the solution, to the Savior. What if, just what if we shaped all of our encounters with our friends and our families and our neighbors and our co-workers and all of our clients? And What if we shaped our relationships to, to, to point them and direct them to God, I think it would have a profound impact in our community. Almost 15 years ago, I was pursuing a coaching and a teaching a career right here in Lee Summit. I was at Lee Summit Community Christian School, a great school, now Summit Christian Academy, and, and I was well on my way. I thought I was right on the right track. And, and I was I was primarily teaching Christian young men and young women, Christian boys and girls, until God began to redirect me and show me that the talents that He had given me could have a different impact in the kingdom. He, he, he showed me that I can begin to reach children and their families that are far from God. And so I left teaching, and I joined the staff of a growing church in Kansas City whose primary goal was to see people who are far from God, to see people who are broken people, and point them to God. We believe, we believe that the key to uh, the, the key to helping a broken people in a broken world is pointing them to God. Second, second declarative, uh, uh, declarative statement that I, uh, that I hope you grab hold on to today is this. We believe that God is already working in the hearts and minds of all humanity. What if we woke up every morning believing that God has already gone out ahead of us and he's already working in the hearts and the minds of all humanity? You know, God was already working in the heart of the king. He was working through him by giving him dreams and visions. Look at Daniel chapter 4, verse 31, what we just read. It said, even as the words were on his lips, King Nebuchadnezzar just gave this profound statement about how awesome he was. Even as the words were on his lips, look what happens. A voice came from heaven, and this is what is decreed for you, King Nebuchadnezzar. Your royal authority has been taken from you. You see, God was using dreams to speak to the heart of the King. You know, my family moved from Florida to Kansas City a little over a year ago because we believed that God was already moving in the hearts and the minds of people in Kansas City. And that maybe in just some small way, He might use us to make a difference in South Kansas City. You know, far too many times, I feel like we're fearful of initiating conversations and developing relationships with people who are far from God because we may feel, we may have some sincere fear in our lives. We fear that we might not have the right words to say. We fear that we might um, say the wrong things or we may not have the right answers. But here's the reality. The reality is, is that God has already been moving in the hearts and minds of His people and maybe He's counting on us to just simply connect the dots We believe that the key to helping a broken people in a broken world is pointing them to God. We believe that God is already moving in the hearts and minds of all humanity. And thirdly, what if we woke up every morning? What if we got our heads off the pillow? We put our feet on the ground and we said this. We believe that God is counting on us to open doors, to answer questions, and to connect the dots at the proper time. I think it would have a profound impact on your relationships that day. Do you believe that God is working in the heart and the mind of your neighbor across the street? Do you believe that God is working in the heart and the mind of your business partner or the clients that you see each and every day? Do you believe that He's working in the mind and the heart of the person that you sit next to in science class? Do you believe He's working in the heart and the mind of the mom that you sit next to on the sidelines during your son or your daughter's soccer game? If you believe that, then God is counting on you to connect dots, to answer questions at the proper time. There's an amazing story that takes place 130 years after the life of Daniel. It's the story of Queen Esther. Esther is an individual, if you've been following us on our JCI Bible reading plan, you read about her this last week. She's an unbelievable individual in history. It happened 130 years after the life of Daniel. Esther was a young Jewish girl who was taken, um, taken and raised by her orf- uh, as, a, as an orphan and raised by her older cousin Mordecai. Mordecai took her under his wing and cared for her. Mordecai saw, saw something special in Esther and, and he entered her into a beauty contest. And the winner of the beauty contest would become the next queen of Persia. Get this, a young Jewish girl in a beauty Persian beauty contest with the potential to be the next queen of Persia. And it wasn't any accident. But God ordained her to, to become the next queen because she won the beauty contest. And she, she served and was right there with the king of Persia. And, and it came to her attention that there was a plan to destroy the Jewish nation. There was a plan to destroy all the Jews off the face of the earth But there was one woman that could stand in the gap that could maybe, just maybe, guide and direct and soften the king's heart. Mordecai knew this. Mordecai knew that Esther had an incredible responsibility. And listen to what Mordecai says in Esther chapter 4, verse 14. He says this to Esther. For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place. But you and your father's family will perish. And who knows but that you have come to a royal position for such a time as this? For such a time as this. Will you write those words down on your notes? For such a time as this. You see, Esther Oker overcame her fear. She steps out in faith, she approaches the king, and because of her Posture to the king because of the words that she shared to the king, the posture or the the king's heart has changed, and the king lifts the decree, and the entire Jews were saved. Why? Because Esther took the responsibility and she understood her role. And like Esther and like Daniel, listen, God is counting on you, and He's counting on I to open doors and answer questions and connect the dots at the proper time. So what happened to King Nebuchadnezzar? This story actually ends well. He's, he spends seven years kind of in this wilderness experience. He's, he's been running from God. And finally, after seven years, after that dream came to fulfillment, seven years later, he finally heeds the advice of Daniel and he runs towards God. And this story actually ends very well. Let's read about it. Verse 34 of Daniel chapter 4. At the end of that time, after the end of seven years, Nebuchadnezzar raised. I, I, Nebuchadnezzar, raised my eyes toward heaven, and my sanity was restored. And then I praised the Most High. I honored and glorified Him who lives forever. His dominion is an eternal dominion. His kingdom endures from generation to generation. All the peoples of the earth are regarded as nothing. He does as He pleases with the powers of heaven and the peoples of the earth. No one can hold back His hand. Or say to him, what have have you done? At the same time, my sanity was restored. My honor and splendor were returned to me for the glory of my kingdom. My advisors and nobles sought me out, and I was restored to my throne and became even greater than before. Now look at verse 37. This is a stark contrast from what he was saying just seven verses later, seven years earlier. Listen, he says this. Now I, Nebuchadnezzar... Praise and exalt and glorify the King of heaven because everything he does is right and all his ways are just and those who walk in pride he is able to humble. This is the last we hear about King Nebuchadnezzar. But at this moment, there's enough evidence to see that his life was radically different. Why? Because of one man. Because of Daniel. Because Daniel understood that the key to, the bro- to, the key to broken people in a broken world is pointing them to God. Because he understood that God is already working in the hearts and minds of all humanity. And because he understood that God was counting on him to open doors and to answer questions and to connect the dots at the proper time. And when we understand how God uses us in His plan, then we need to get strategic with our plan. Um, when we lived in Florida, my, my, our family received a notice in the mail that, that said this. A grocery store was moving into our neighborhood. They were building a brand new grocery store in our neighborhood. It wasn't just any grocery store. It was our favorite grocery store. It was Publix grocery store. And if you've been on the East Coast anytime and you've shopped at Publix, Publix, is, is a, they really hold true to their slogan. It truly is a pleasure shopping at Publix. They have the freshest food, They have the cleanest of stores. They have the friendliest of staffs. They have the best buy one, get one free deals of any grocery store. But my favorite part about Publix is this, is they have the best sub sandwiches. They have the best sub sandwiches. Now listen, it was coming into our neighborhood. Some fellow Floridians know exactly what it's all about. The best part, it was coming into our neighborhood. I could actually walk to our new grocery store. Listen, I started feeling the same thing last week when Pastor Christian got up and said, Listen, we are going to be planting a new JCI campus in Kansas. And it's only going to be just a few minutes away from my house. We couldn't be more excited about it. And God has been really stirring our excitement in, in planting this campus for the last three and a half years. Three and a half years. It was three and a half years ago in April of 2014 that we sat around a table... With Pastor Christian and Danielle, and they shared their amazing vision of, of, of everything that God is doing in Journey Church International and how he, he really believed that God was, was, was inspiring him to plant more campuses in the Kansas City area. And Abby and I looked at him and said, that's awesome. You go after it. You go after it. We'll be <laughs> praying for you. And then he looked at me and he just had one question. He said, Brandon, have you ever considered pastoring a church? Have you ever considered pastoring a church? And it was just that question that God used to birth inside our hearts, this desire to join the Journey Church International staff. And now here we are three and a half years later, and we couldn't be more excited to be a part of what God is doing here at Journey Church International. We couldn't be more excited to be planting the new campus in Kansas. Why? Why? It's because we believe that that's God's strategy for the church. That's God's strategy for the church. Launching new churches and new campuses in new communities—it just reaches new people. It does. Brand new churches and new communities see five times the spiritual decisions than that of churches ten years old, ten years old or older. Launching new campuses provide better opportunities for people to invite their friends and neighbors who don't know Jesus. For us that live, in, uh, that live in Kansas, it's very difficult for us to invite our friends and neighbors to come to church because it's just so far away. But now when we have our new campus in Kansas, we will be able to invite our friends because our friends will not drive any further to church than they take their own kids to school or that they go to the grocery store. So, so we're looking forward to that. Launching new campuses allow people to embrace serving in the community like nothing else. I I am so excited about the team that God is assembling to help us launch this church in Kansas. You see many of them wearing their Love Your Neighbor shirt, as Pastor Christian talked about just a minute ago. God is really molding us and shaping us and getting us ready to launch this next campus. And I couldn't be more excited to do it with this incredible team. And every one of us knows that if this is going to work, then we all have to be all in. There's just something special about launching new campuses that allows people to embrace serving the community like nothing else. And last, launching new campuses encourages growth through multiplication, not just addition. Launching new campuses encourages growth, not just, through, not just through addition, but also in multiplication. Let me explain. Some of you are going, what, is, what does that mean? Let me, let me help you understand that. I'm going to give you two options, okay? And you have to choose one. There's no, uh, everybody's got to raise their hand at some point in the next two minutes, okay? Here's the deal. Here are your two options. The first option is this. I'm going to give you $10,000 every day for the next 30 days. Sound good? That's option one. Sounds really good, doesn't it? Here's the other option. The other option is this. I'm going, to gi- I'm going to give you a penny, and we're going to double that penny for the next 30 days. Which option are you going to choose? How many of you are going to take the $10,000 and run right now, $10,000 for the next 30 days? No one? All right. Very good. How many of you are going to take the penny and double it every day for the next 30 days, right? You guys are way smarter than me. I would have been like, I'm taking the $10,000, I'm getting immediate return right away. You're exactly right. If you chose the $10,000 route, you would have left nearly $10 million on the table. Here's why. It's the power of multiplication. It's the power of multiplication. If you chose one penny, doubled every day for 30 days, guess what? You will net $10.7 million. That's the power of multiplication. And that's what God is calling us to do with his kingdom. Imagine this two churches or two campuses three campuses 10 campuses sharing the same vision training one person to reach another person to who leads another person to Jesus that's multiplication that's the strategy of a church and we believe that's God's strategy for our church but what is God's strategy for every individual christian What's God's strategy for you and I in this room today? I believe it could be wrapped up in the, in the passage where Jesus, in Matthew chapter 5, verse 16, says, So let your light shine before others so that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. So the, for the last remaining few minutes, I just want to share with you a simple strategy, five simple strategies to help you introduce other people to God. It's called the blessed strategy. I wish I could say I made this up, but I did not. We, we, we've utilized this in the past at JCI in the early days. We borrowed it from Pastor Brian Beloy, a good friend of ours, in and, and Westridge Church. And, and it is a strategy that we can utilize in our everyday life where we can help people be introduced to God. And we're going to use the word BLESS as our acronym. In fact, it's called the BLESS strategy. The first letter of the word BLESS is B, and it's BEGIN WITH PRAYER. Begin praying intentionally for one to three families in your life. It all starts with prayer. Pray that God will give you the opportunities to connect with your friends and your neighbors and your co-workers in, in deeper, more meaningful ways. And pray for courage. Pray that God gives you the courage to have those conversations with your friends and your neighbors. The second letter is L, and it's Listen. Listen to their stories. After you've prayed that God leads you in the right direction, then listen to your friends and your neighbors that God puts in your, your path. Uh, listen to not only their stories, but listen to their heart. And as you begin to listen to their heart, and as they begin to open up, then you can move to the next step in this strategy. Do you know that Daniel listened to the heart of the king? Even, w- even when the king had all of his failures and his shortcomings... Daniel loved him anyways. He wanted to see the king succeed in every aspect of his life. So learn to listen to your friends' stories. The third letter is my favorite. The third letter stands for eat. Eat a meal with them. I think we can all get this one down, right? As, you, as, you've, as you've prayed, as you've listened to their stories, then take an opportunity to eat a meal with them. Listen, there's just something special about sitting down with another couple or sitting down with a friend and to share a meal together. The walls are torn down, boundaries are broken, and they begin to open their heart and be ready to listen. Be ready to listen. Maybe in your neighborhood, fire up the grill. Maybe, maybe take some families out to dinner and begin to hear their story. The, the fourth letter is an S, and it stands for serve, serve them. If you listen intently enough to a person, you will discover that they have needs. Be ready to meet them. Maybe there's a couple that you've been ministering to and, and hanging out and becoming friends with, and they desperately need a date night. Uh, take their children in and watch their kids for the night, and maybe you could serve them in that way. Or maybe maybe a friend needs help in their homework. Take time to work with them on their homework, or maybe someone needs care for their animals while they're going out of town. Watch their animals. There's hundreds of different ways to serve other people. Just be attentive to what your friends need and be ready to serve. And then finally, perhaps the most important step is the last S, and it stands for share. Share your story with them. Take time in this process before you get to this last level, to this last stage. Share your story with him. You know, Daniel took years of relational history and service to the king. And in that, it provided him the platform to talk to the king honestly about God. So take your time in this process. Share your God's story and how you were pointed to Jesus. Share how Jesus has deeply impacted your life in many different ways. Begin with prayer. Listen to their story. Eat a meal with them. Serve them. Share your story with them. And in this strategy, I begin that God. I, I believe that God will begin to open open amazing pathways into the heart of your friends and your neighbors. But let me warn you on just one thing, real quick. Let me just warn you on one thing: people who are far from God are not projects to complete, but rather people with a soul who need a savior and who need a friend. In other words. People far from God are not projects to complete, but people to be loved. So don't get caught up in this process and this system. Be friends to people, because the quickest turnoff that to people who are far from God is this is if they feel like they're a project, and every time you're around them, you're giving them the sales pitch. Just be their friend. Love them. You know, God's been moving in the heart of Abby and I, especially in our neighborhood we've been asking, God, give us opportunities to connect with our neighbors in great ways. We wanted to get to know our neighbors where we've been praying specifically for, uh, by name, for our neighbors to the left of us, to the neighbors to cross the street, to the neighbors to the right, and then also for the neighbors that live directly behind us. We got a dog in December. It's been a great addition to our family. Her name's Sadie just a great dog we we got her from some friends of ours and and she's just been just an awesome dog but she has now developed this little relationship with the dog that lives right behind us she's become friends with this little special needs dog named mabel she's hard of hearing she can't hear a thing and and every time sadie leaves the the, that leaves the back door and goes outside the house her ears and eyes are being attentive to see if her buddy Mabel is outside as well. And if they happen to be outside at the same time, they'll run back and forth across our backyard fence just yapping and having a great time together. They, they have a great friendship. Our neighbors came to us about a month ago and said, we'd love, we'd love to rebuild our fence in the backyard. Would you mind sharing the cost of rebuilding our fence? And of course, Abby and I said, yeah, it looks pretty bad. We probably better get it repaired. And when we were about two weeks, in, two weeks into the project, when we were about two weeks away from the project, they came to us and said, hey, listen, you know, since our dogs get along so well, why don't we build a gate? Why don't we build a gate in the backyard so that at any time we can open the gate and the two dogs can just play with each other at any time they want? And we thought, you know what? That's a good idea. Let's, let's go ahead and build a gate. And, and sure enough, they, they built it. And so I was looking at my backyard the other day and I was just reflecting on how amazing that fence looked. It was just awesome. They did a great job. And then my eyes, for some reason, were directed to that gate for just a brief moment. And when I looked at that gate, it was almost like God hit me with a brick right across the forehead. And he said, listen, you've been praying for an opportunity to connect with your neighbors in new and exciting ways. And I built a gate for you. I built a gate for you. So that any time you can go and talk with your neighbors, they can come and talk to you. You can have meals together. You can develop this relationship. And you can begin to make an impact in the lives of your neighbors. Isn't it funny how you pray for something and you don't realize God's answering the prayer right then? That's exactly what happened. Guys, let me just warn you. It's not a warning. It's just more of a get ready kind of a statement. If you're praying to make an impact in the lives of other people around you, be ready because God might just build a gate in your life and you'll be able to connect with them in amazing, amazing ways. So will you bow your heads with me and pray as we wrap up today?